Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, A lot to get into. Uh, So much to get into on a Wednesday. So let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Fredo Cervantes. Fredo, how are you, my friend? I'm doing amazing, sir. What a great day it is today. How are you doing today? I am good. Listen, I mean, uh, you cannot sleep in Los Angeles or pretty much uh, anywhere uh, when it comes to the sports that we cover. Uh, On Monday night at 10 p.m., the uh, Clippers traded for James Harden. And then on Tuesday night, Halloween night, at uh, 11 p.m., the Raiders announced that they fired head coach John McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler. Uh, let's kind of start with, with with them, just because you uh, co- closely follow the uh, Chargers in that uh, conference and that division. Um, listen, they were going nowhere. I think a lot of people kind of figured this was going to happen once the season was over. I think Mark Davis is looking at this saying, I'm not going to wait for the season to be over. We have a chance to maybe if turn the season around and make the playoffs. Uh, Fredo, your thoughts on the Raiders moving on from Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler? I mean, looking at that situation right there, we seen that, you know, even going from the moment they sat down Derek Carr last season and seen the how unsatisfied Devontae Adams has been since that moment, since that moment happened. I mean, the reason Devontae Adams is in the Raiders uniform right now is because of Derek Carr. Derek Carr is no longer there. Derek Carr got got released and let go, and now he's with New Orleans. Um, and Devontae has, you know, it was very interesting to see what happened on Monday Night Football. Going through the path of football between the Raiders and the Lions, and Devontae Adams was, you know, they had no catches at all. He was not targeted. Um, there was multiple occasions there in multiple plays where he was wide open and Jimmy Garoppolo looked another way and the ball was not completed. And when you see how a player of that kind of caliber, he's, I mean, he is one of the best route runners out there compared to some of the great receivers there. But when someone like that, you have them on your team, you can take advantage of that type of talent on your team. I mean, the Raiders looked pretty good early on a little bit. You know, they won some games. They did lose a few. Um, you kind of knew that something was there. Something was there with the Raiders team, but they just had to find it, whether Jimmy Garoppolo was is going to stop throwing interceptions sooner than later to try to make this a uh, much better team. But right now, 
with that news of, you know, Josh McDaniels and Ziggler out, that is uh, great news for the Las Vegas Raiders right now. I mean, now they got an opportunity to look in a new direction, build this franchise. When you look at um, Davis, you know, the owner Davis, he just won back-to-back championships with his other team with the Las Vegas Aces. So, you know that Davis wants to win. Right now, he's in that mood of like, hey, it's time to win. What do I need to do in order to win? And with that spooky Halloween kind of <laughs> alert that everyone got last night, I mean, he kind of haunted everyone, but I'm pretty sure most Raider fans were pretty excited about this move. What does it do to a team when they make a change midseason? I do think the one thing that happens um, is that it, you make this change if you feel that you've lost the locker room. And, and, and from reports that we've heard, I mean, I think that was the feeling. Following that Detroit Monday night loss, uh, Josh McDaniels had lost the locker room. And when that happens, I, I totally get that you have to make a change. Your confidence level of a coaching change midseason changing things because here's the thing: they 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 do have the talent, uh, but is it too late? I mean, can this team turn their season and make a postseason run? I mean, no, it's not too late, but in the division they're in and in yeah. the conference they're in, um, they don't have much wiggle room. You you yeah. see what Kansas City right now have what they've been doing lately. Uh, you see, you know, we'll talk about the Chargers soon, but, you know, they, they kind of got back into the winning column as well. Um, and you, you look at the Denver Broncos who are at the bottom, but the conference itself, it is going to be a tough uh, conference to try to get into the playoffs. But this is a good move overall for the organization of the, of the Raiders because now they get an opportunity to go ahead and get a, a great coach who's going to possibly take this team to another level. We know that Mahomes and, you know, um, Andy Reid, have been doing a lot of great things for this division. It's kind of been their division for the past almost decade already. So it is it is a good move for the Raiders to possibly see what a new coach, maybe like a Jim Harbaugh or oh, maybe, yeah. um, you know, I mean, or maybe a Lincoln Riley. Uh, who knows if Lincoln Riley might stay at USC because there's, you know, there's always been speculation that he wants to maybe move out. Once yeah. Caleb is out, he he's going to need a quarterback too. So <laughs> there is going to be some great head coaches around there uh, to be for the Raiders to go ahead and do. But the only thing that's going to uh, it's going to uh, worry it's going to be those pockets of Davis. His pockets, he's still paying, you know, that contract yeah. for John Gruden, and now he's paying for uh, McDaniel's contract and the GM's contract. So now. Um, Antonio Pierce, who will be stepping in, um, the current linebacker coach for the Raiders, will now be the interim head coach. So let's see what kind of spark you know Antonio can bring to that to that ball club because Antonio is a young coach right now. Normally, a lot of these players they relate to young coaches, so that that might be a good move overall for them. But let's see what happens with the um, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, Antonio Pierce is going to have the respect of that locker room again. Former player, linebacker, uh, he walks in with the respect of the. Play- so, uh, listen, it, it, that's not a small thing. So we'll uh, see how that all plays out. I, I do love that the fact that you brought up the name Jim Harbaugh. I bring that up because I don't know how Lincoln Riley will um, transition into professional football. He could be great. Uh, we do see the track record of what Jim Harbaugh has done. You know, when you go, when you mm-hmm. look at his history, you know, when he went to San Francisco, that franchise hadn't won a squat in a long time. He goes there, leads them to a Super Bowl. And again, his track record of when he was at San Diego, 
when he was uh, with Stanford, when he was with San Francisco, and uh, now with Michigan, they're in the top uh, three right now in the country. And so, listen, the stuff that he's getting in trouble for, and it's not a small thing, but those are things he's not going to get in trouble for in professional football. No one's going to get on him about uh, you know, taking a player out to, to get food. No one's get out, get get on them about uh, buying a ticket to an opposing game and seeing what their signals are. I mean, uh, all that stuff um, doesn't really translate. So we'll see what what happens there. Massive signing, though. I mean, like following twenty years of not having success, the Raiders need to find a way in Las Vegas to turn things around because Fredo, I've been at those games. It's the opposing team. And again, yes, we've seen that with the Chargers. We've seen that with the Rams. Amazing that the Raiders don't have a home field for years and years and years. They, they, they had an amazing home field. Not the case there. Um, Fredo, uh, speaking of the Chargers, big win for them on Sunday Night Football against the Chicago Bears. A must-win game, and we've said that for a couple of weeks now, Justin Herbert having perhaps his best game of the season. Uh, your thoughts on the big Chargers win? Yeah, I mean, Chargers coming up with that big victory, 30-13 to 13 on Sunday Night Football, even though it was against the Chicago Bears. Uh, that's not the most talented team right now in the NFL. But, you know, this was a very much winnable game for them. They could not have looked any better. Of course, Justin Herbert, the last two shows that I've done here, um, I've talked about Herbert got to step up his game. Herbert has not had uh, decent games in order to try to help this team win because when he's at least above average, he's getting his team an opportunity to win. Uh, going 31 for 40, uh, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, and as well, Austin Eckler was the other weapon. Austin Eckler being able to get back into what he was doing because the last two games he's been back after that high ankle um, sprain, you know, when you're dealing with a hang, uh, high ankle sprain, it takes you uh, about four to six weeks, this, they, they say. But, you know, he came back shortly after four weeks and he kind of had to get ramped up again. And this this past game on Sunday Night Football, he had that electricity um, going all around SoFi Stadium that kind of had him running wild out there. Um, Joshua Palmer was one guy who, you know, the Chargers are looking um, right now still whether you know if he's going to return after um, dealing with an injury during the game but seeing what Herbert was able to do and what Brandon Staley was talking about at after the game saying how um how the, how the team was just stood together you know not giving up not looking into that two and five the possibility of being two and five because now you're looking at four you're playing the New York Jets on Monday Night Football which kind of seems to be a winnable game so you kind of look into getting back to 500 at four and four right after that you face a very tough Detroit Lions team who just you know took down the Raiders on Monday Night Football which Detroit will come over to SoFi Stadium so Chargers had an advantage against that game but trying to build off of these next two games it's, these next two games are going to be very critical because after that you got the Baltimore Ravens on a Saturday night football here in Los Angeles uh, Saturday right after Thanksgiving so you you have a couple few tough matchups coming up um, the wheel here for the Chargers but seeing what they were able to put together this past uh, Sunday kind of makes me believe a little bit seeing that okay this team kind of when they play well they can they can make some no, no, some noise right now Fredo, you've done an amazing job covering USC this season. And folks, if you're not following him, follow Fredo on social media. Really takes you behind the scenes of USC practices. Paint the picture of what happened yesterday. Again, normally you guys get the offensive players one day, defensive players the next. And I thought it was very interesting. Uh, certainly, um, 
perhaps planned, that they made Grinch available the same time that Caleb Williams was made available. Uh, paint, the, paint the picture. And why do you think the team did that? Yeah, so, you know, we were told per uh, PR people early on at practice. Of course, practice on Tuesdays begins at 225 on Tuesdays, you know, and I'm, I'm there uh, minutes before that, you know, and they brought us all over together. And they just mentioned, hey, guys, just to kind of give you guys a heads up, we understand it's Halloween night. Um, a lot of these players got uh, tests, midterms, a lot of things going on right now in their school scheduling. So what they mentioned, they're like, look, we're going to have everybody available for you today and everybody was like okay well do you mean lincoln riley's gonna be available do you mean grinch is gonna be available williams and everyone i mean they had over 10 players available for us yes yes kind of cover everybody at the same time uh because they kind of put everyone uh together but the most interesting one in which i did tweet that yesterday was like hey look Lincoln Riley, normally, he's the first one to go in line. He talked to us yesterday for briefly about eight minutes. Right after that, it's always uh, Coach uh, Alex Grinch, which everybody was, ex uh, was just expecting um, and waiting to talk to Alex Grinch. The moment we were Alex Grinch, um, they let us know, hey, by the way, Caleb Williams, whoever wants to talk to Caleb, go ahead and talk to him right now. And everyone looked like, okay, you guys kind of throw two of the most important people at the same time. And then Grinch goes, he's like, if I was you, I I go talk to Caleb. My uh, go talk to Caleb. Uh, he tried to make a little joke about it. He's like, like kind of. He don't want to take the 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 heat, which you know he took the heat immediately. You know, uh, people were asking him, "Hey, you know, what what's going on with this defense? What can you do?" And you know, Grinch was talking a little bit about yesterday about giving uh, certain players uh, the chance to kind of. Talk to him off um, because, you know, when coaches tell players, hey, look, you got to be in this position. You got to do this. This is when, when we when we're dealing with an offense like this. I need you position like this. And he's like, look, now I'm looking for my players uh, feedback. I'm asking these players, what are you seeing out there? Because a lot of times what coaches see out there, it's not the same thing what players see out there. So sometimes when you have a two way conversation and you and you take feedback back from your players, it's a very good thing. Um, Mason Cobb was having a very interesting conversation with us yesterday. You know, Cobb was talking about, I don't know if he was talking specifically, strictly about his own teammates, but he was just saying, hey, look, during practice, we're out here battling. We're out here fighting. We're out here giving it our all. I see certain players really giving, going the extra mile. But he's like, when we're in the game, they don't play the same as they are in practice. So, you know, he was like, I think that's our problem. We're not believing in ourselves. We're not trusting our work that we're putting in during practice. Um, but, you know, being involved in, in all of USC practices all season long, I, I do see the improvement, um, the excitement of certain players. Certain players don't leave the practice field for almost after an hour after practice ends, you know, especially Kayla Williams. He's out there still throwing the ball, working with the center who Justin, I, I mean, Justin leads the, <laughs> Justin has been getting flags after flags after flags and it, it, there's been a problem with the center um and i know they work on it a lot but right now the state of the usc mindset caleb talked about it yesterday he's like look we are still in the picture uh for the final four we are still in it we believe and he's like if you don't believe you ain't gonna make it rush Sorry, I muted myself. I was so fascinated with, with what my boyfriend was saying. I muted myself. That happens from time to time. Listen, 
Caleb is 100% right. As much as they've struggled this season, I was amazed, Fredo, and you touched on it on your social media. They came in in the top 20 in the college football playoff poll. So what does that mean? That when you look at who they're playing, and I don't think this is going to work out for USC, and I say that as someone who loves USC and who went to USC. However, if you want to move up the polls, you have to play the best teams, and they do get to play the best teams. They play Washington this upcoming Saturday at the Coliseum. They play, they go to Eugene. They play the Ducks, and then they close out the season against UCLA, who's ahead of them right now. So what does that mean? That, that means, listen, it, it's a very tough stretch. They could go 0-3. and three. They could go 1-2. and two. However, if they go three and zero, if they go, if, if for whatever reason, this is the, this is the turning point in their season. They play enough good teams where I promise you, if they go three and zero, oh, and people are going to call me crazy, but this is, what, this is where they're at. They're in the college football playoff. However, they have to win these games. And it begins on Saturday against Washington. And Fredo, talk about this game because I think two things are at play here. Number one, Washington has not played that well the last two weeks. For whatever reason, they have not dominated teams that USC has dominated. So that is one thing. The other thing is this game at the Coliseum. And yes, USC lost their last game at the Coliseum on a last-second field goal. But prior to that... Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, this group has now lost at the Coliseum. So it's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a very tough game. Your thoughts on this upcoming uh, game against the Washington Huskies, who are a top-five team? Yep, you know, they're right now uh, fifth ranked in the AP poll. They're 8-0 and right now. They kind of have the other Heisman Trophy winner in Truex out there who is possibly, you know, highly favored right now. So, I mean, I've seen this matchup since, like, the second week of the college football. So, okay, this is going to be the matchup that may determine uh, that Heisman uh, kind of conversation because now you're looking into Caleb Williams, who's still in the conversation, you know, and possibly trying to, you know, get this back to back right now which is kind of you know for him he mentioned it yesterday as well he's like it's not it's not a priority but i am trying to work better every single day to just try to win these games and this matchup right now you know you kind of touched on it as well it's kind of like if they do win this game right now they go to oregon out there and keep in like that momentum that is Alfredo, uh, we're, we're every single you. member. Okay, I got you now. All right, sorry. Oh, yeah, you know, every <clears throat> single member of the of the USC football team has been talking about how they're just looking for the next game right now in Washington. I mean, Lincoln Riley was asked again um, about. Can you hear me, Arash? Yeah, I got you. You were um, the power of Zoom. All of a sudden, you were sounding like a robot. Unfortunately. Oh, no, no, but like I was saying, um, Lincoln Riley was able to talk about this the, uh, the other day. He's like, look, the only, my only important thing right now, he's talking about Washington. He's, and it's, it's right now, right in front of us. I don't want to do any changes because he was asked, do you want to do any changes to this uh, coaching staff or anywhere around, uh, specifically Grinch, of course, which is something that we're always asking about. And he's like, look, no, I'm not making no changes right now. He's like, we won the game. They won the game 50 to 49, which is not a, a very, uh, a, you know, we've talked about, hey, USC got to score 50 
plus points in order to win any game. And right now, they did one by one point, which was just an incredible win for them overall. But, you know, right now the focus is on Washington. It's going to be a great matchup. So if anyone wants to see uh, maybe a, a, one of the best USC games so far this year, um, the, everyone got to go to the Coliseum this Saturday. This Saturday is going to be a primetime game. You're going to see that on national television at 4.30 uh, p.m. Los Angeles time. Um, and it's up to Caleb Williams to try to save this USC season right now and his career as well. Last question for you, last two minutes with you. Um, what has the atmosphere been like at the Coliseum? Again, uh, the game against Washington is technically sold out. The game against UCLA technically sold out. What has the atmosphere been? Has the struggles of the team affected the crowd? Mm, yes and no. You know, coming coming off that loss, of course, they lost that tough game against Utah at home, which was Lincoln Riley's first loss at the Coliseum. And dealing with that loss, the fans, they, they were in it. Of course, they did not get blown out. They lost on a last-minute field goal. But the crowd at the USC Coliseum from Game one against San Jose to till now has just improved. Everyone has been excited about the USC and you're talking about the staff as well, like security guards around there. Like at one point, I, I see a lot of security guards there cheering for USC. Like <laughs> that's how exciting um, everyone in the Coliseum is getting about this USC team. So if anybody out there has not gotten a chance to see it, I know tickets are kind of hard to get right now and they're kind of sold out everywhere. Um, but I'm sure if you go to SeaGeek or you find a, a second uh, second teller out there, they'll be able to help you guys out and try to get a ticket. But um, I'm telling you guys right now, I can I see USC. They're, they're a three-and-a-half-point underdogs right now. Three-and-a-half underdogs against a great Washington team. So that lets you know that they are gay, they are given the opportunity to possibly win this game right now. So yeah. right now, USC is going to be a very exciting weekend. Awesome. Prater, you're the best. Uh, we will be following you on Saturday and check in with you next week. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Willie Ramirez talking about the Raiders when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 from the California. The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, or if you want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now, the man about town, the man himself, Willie Ramirez. Willie, how are you? 
Oh, doing good. Doing good. Just uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to wear to the circus um, <laughs> this, this Sunday. And that's about it. All right, Willie. Uh, listen, <laughs> I think we all, I mean, you wrote one of the first columns and a part of me was like, man, isn't it a little like early in the season? But you were basically saying Josh McDaniels uh, is not the guy to coach this team very early on. And uh, Mark Davis finally came around and agreed with you. And he not only fired Josh McDaniels, he also fired uh, general manager Jake Dave Ziegler, did so at 11 p.m. on Halloween night. Your thoughts on all of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that article came out on September 26th. <laughs> so um, here's the thing. I have been talking last year um, in doing a radio show that I was on frequently here in Las Vegas with our good friend Steve Cofield. Um, every time, every Monday from the location that we would do it at, you know, he he would throw at me whose fault was yesterday's loss. Who's this? And, and you know, Derek Carr's name came up a lot. Um, the defense of this to that. I would always say Josh McDaniels is not fit to coach this team. He's not fit to be a head coach in the NFL. Um, he's a fantastic coordinator. He's 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 you know latest tracks elsewhere, but he is just not. We saw it in Denver. Now we're seeing it here. And here we are this season, and the offense has gotten even worse um, from where Rich Bisaccia left it when they made the playoffs and almost beat the Bengals before the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Um, it got worse. It declined last year, and then it's just plummeted this year. It is not a surprise. The only thing surprising, Arash, is that they, they narrowed it down and figured out who they could get to be the interim head coach. That was the big thing for me the last few weeks was, hey, he should go, but who is going to take over? Because is there anyone fitting that can take over and just manage this club? And <clears throat> I think that you have to appreciate um, sort of the mindset in bringing Antonio Pierce um, from the linebacking coach position to interim head coach position, because I, I think I, I understand the uh, the viability of, in terms of what he can do to bring a locker room together. We we talked to him during training camp in in that you know his still that closeness to the player side of things, the idea that he could you know be a part of the locker room and be a part uh, you know and understand what the players are thinking and saying and doing. Um, I think that's helped. So, Willie, I, do you think at all the success Mark Davis has seen, again, he made an amazing coaching hire with Becky Hammond, back-to-back -back WNBA champions. Uh, I, I, seeing that success up close, I, I, I think that the thought process was Mark Davis may make a change, but he'll wait till the season is over. Do you think at all what he's seen from his other team made him a little bit more like, I got to make a move now? No, I just think that when you get – I think that the Aces were – the Las Vegas Aces, um, two-time defending at WMA champs, I think it was a nice distraction from what was going – from reality for Mark Davis. I don't think that he was unaware. I don't think that he wasn't paying attention. I don't think that the, the, the success that the Aces are having has spurned him to say because this team's been a mess anyway, right? So um, – you know, everything that it went through that was uncontrollable a couple of years ago with Josh, uh, with John Gruden and then 
um, all the other things off the field. Um, you know, you saw the locker room come together then. Derek Carr actually, you know, and Max Crosby hoi- putting the team on their shoulders and, and, and really helping them out, uh, you know, in the locker room to, to help the, the, the coaching staff come together and do what they did uh, to get to the playoffs. So now you bring in Josh McDaniels, and I think the mindset that the pressure that Josh McDaniels was feeling um, with this team was that he wanted success, and not because of the Aces, but more so because of the legacy that his father left behind and, and, and the dire need to get this team back to where it once was from the alumni, when they do the alumni days and, and so on and so forth. So I think once the Aces won their championship, the parade was over, he got past all that, it became an issue of now he's solely concentrating on, Jesus, this is getting bad. You know what I mean? This is this is, this is is just getting worse and worse. It's not something where it's plateauing and it, it's fixable. It's getting worse every single week. And I don't think that he could stomach seeing that. That's what I'm guessing. There's a lot of pride in Mark Davis. It's not as if he doesn't know what he's doing as an owner. I think the one thing that he did, the mistake he made in hiring Josh McDaniels, he was hoodwinked and sold on the fact that I could come in and make this as successful as you've seen in New England. We all know that Mark Davis has been enamored by the success of Bill Belichick and what took place in New England. Tom Brady, obviously, he's brought Tom Brady in as a business partner mm-hmm. with the Aces, and they're hoping he can be an owner with the Raiders um, some way, shape, or form. Um, so I think that he was sold on that. I mean, if you look, it's not just Josh McDaniels, Z- Dave Ziegler, the assistants that were once in New England. Heck, the, the quarterback situation is based upon uh, the familiarity with the, with, the, with the New England system. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, right, Jacoby Myers. You look at the number of former Patriots that's on the roster, that's on the coaching staff. This was built around that we're going to build this the same way the Patriots did it, but we're going to do it our way. Well, the problem is, is there's no Tom Brady to run the system, and Josh McDaniels' way, as proven before in Denver, isn't working. I think Mark Davis has to really sit down, and and he's got to stop worrying about filling shoe, filling shoes, living up to certain standards, and go off of his feel the same way he did with the Aces. You can't do the same thing. You can't go buy, you know, uh, you can't bring in Candace Parker, Chelsea <laughs> Gray. You can't go get just one or two star figures and then put five players. There's there are twenty two players on. The football, right? There's 11 on defense, 11 on yeah. offense, a 53-man roster. It's a lot different, but it's the same mindset and winning philosophy and gut instinct. I just think that he was sold on uh, the Patriot way. Yeah, right. no, really I, quick, I, G.A., because you're, yeah. you're going to be there, A, so you, you, you had already planned on being at this game. But Antonio Pierce, former Giants uh, great linebacker, now the new head coach of the team. Yeah, no, you know, um, I actually did a quick sweep of his uh, resume. I mean, he's been he's been coaching for a minute, so it's um, I think this is a great opportunity for him. But to be honest with you, unfortunately, a lot of interim coaches don't make that transition over. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he you know what he brings to the table. Obviously, he brings that <laughs> Super Bowl 
um, winning mentality. He brings that, you know, player kind of mentality into the locker room as well. So that'll definitely be helpful, at least for this game. Um, I know Willie says that um, they're probably going to be smoking us, which, you know, to be honest with you, the, the Giants, I, I think they they need a lot of help. So um, I, I'm just I'm just excited to go to Allegiant. I'm still excited just to go to Allegiant and see that um, arena for the first time. So I, I that I'm looking forward to and looking forward to, uh, hey, I'll support any former G-Man. So <laughs> looking forward to that as well. Um, Willie, I wanted to actually ask you as far as, you know, Antonio Pierce being the interim coach and then maybe possibly obviously moving on from him. Who do you think that the Raiders could, and I know this is cart before the horse situation again. I think I always put this at the forefront, but who do you see as you know, a possible replacement for Antonio Pearson moving forward for this Raiders organization to help lead them in that right direction of making the playoffs for the first time and God only knows how long and, you know, actually having a successful season, if not this year, but next year. Well, I think it's too soon to start putting, putting names out there. I mean, the obvious everybody's talking about is Jim Harbaugh um, scooping him from Michigan, everything that's going on in Michigan. Um, with the stealing of the sign scandal, him, you know, possibly one last run through the college football playoff and then getting back into the NFL. That part's too easy just to say that. Um, I, I think what Josh, or I think what uh, Mark Davis has to do at this point is he definitely has to clean house when it comes to anything related to um, the Patriots or McDaniels in terms of if, if, if they're if they're not adaptable or or how stuck they were in their ways or if it, the chemistry was there, but you know never have we really seen this done. I, I did I know of like I don't know how much an owner worries about so, sort of goes in and has a sit down powwow with the players, but I think you have to take in consideration a guy like Devontae Adams and what he has to say. Um, he he he's a seasoned veteran who's going to know what he's talking about. He's going to have sort of a feel as to who's out there in terms of like assistant coaches, um, guys who have the X's and O's and smarts, but not like a McDaniels type assistant coach, a guy who is willing to come in and say, okay, you're going to, you're the defensive coordinator. You're going to handle the defense your way. You're the offensive coordinator. You're going to handle things your way. I've said this repeatedly time and time again. When Mike Tallman took over the Pittsburgh Steelers and he was first getting his, you know, his feet wet there, somebody asked him, which, which coordinator is going to sit in the box? And he said, neither one of them. I want my OC and my DC on the sidelines with me. So when I ask them a question that's not in a mic and a headset, I want to look them in their eyes and feel what they're saying. So I know and understand where they're coming from with my team, but with their unit. Josh McDaniels has always been a I, me, my. If you listen to his press conference just Sunday, and then again, or excuse me, Monday night and then Tuesday morning, it was, we have to execute better, turnovers, this, this, this. He rarely, he, he'll say, hey, yeah, uh, we have to go back in as coaches, and but the system is flawed. He's never really taken accountability. It's always about, you know, and it, the thing, it starts at the top. 
So there are turnovers and Jimmy Garoppolo, but here's the thing. That was his choice to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in. So you could put it on bad decisions that Jimmy G made, but you're, that was your guy. That was, he was, he was your guy that was supposed to replace the face of the franchise for nine years. So that being said, the candidate that he finds has to be a, I think, a young, vibrant mind who isn't afraid to bring in other, other young, vibrant minds that he, that that coach is going to entrust to work collectively. Not somebody who thinks he knows it all because he won six rings because he happened to be the offensive coordinator with a guy who was a great defensive mind as the head coach and Tom Brady who's going to go down as the greatest player of all time. The problem with McDaniels is he thinks he, it's his, he thinks he won those those titles. <laughs> he thinks that offense won because of him, and, and that's just not true. So, you know, that's why you saw him f- surround himself with a bunch of Patriots. Um, a Mike McDaniel type of guy would be fantastic. Um, you know, he, he he can't go out. I don't think it you it, don't think it's viable to go after a seasoned veteran coach, a guy with a, a stacked resume at this point. I think you have to find someone with a young, vibrant mind that's ready to to, to take over a team that's also ready to learn as he goes with coordinators that can help him, and you grow together as a cohesive unit because that's what we're seeing. That's where we're seeing a lot of success, um, you know, and, and and I think that's what it's going to take. What do you think happens if if they miss on this hire? Because here's the thing: the, the, the struggles for this franchise under Mark Davis have happened when his father ran the team for the last few years. Again, the, you know, the fact of the matter is they have not been successful for 20, for 20 plus years. They are now in a market, Willie, and this is really great to say because I didn't think Vegas would be here this fast. It is now the city of champions. You guys expect greatness. So whether it's the Vegas Golden Knights, Stanley Cup champions begin the season 9-0-1, the WNBA champions back-to-back. If they continue to struggle, if they miss on this hire, it's, it's, it's just going to be a situation where, listen, they're going to be profitable. They're, they're going to pack the house with the opposing team's fans. But what happens with this franchise if they make the wrong hire? I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I, – I, just because, like, I don't know what you're asking. Like, I, I get what you're asking me, but – Can if, they if, be if, Las Vegas' team? Can they, can, if, can they be a Vegas team? Well – We've talked about this, you and I. Yeah. They're never going to be – I don't ever think that they're going to – like Vegas is going to come around. I think the, the this this town has, is embedded with longtime NFL fans that ha- already have their teams and they're, they're diehard fans. You're not going to get NFL fans transitioning into um, – the people that were here before there was any pro sports, they're not going to transition themselves into being the, – if they were already fans of a different team. Um, not because that was their hometown, but they just were fans. They're right. They've been they're built in fans of those teams around the league. They're not switching allegiances and and deciding to switch up. If if you're a transient and you came from an NFL city, you're not switching up. Yeah. So it's going to have to be from a young crowd, the built-in Raiders crowd, and um, you know, no matter what, if they miss on the only thing that's going to damage if they miss on the next hire is that. They're going to lose people from Raider Nation. Yeah. 
you know, they already have their haters. Raiders are one of those teams like the Cowboys, the 49ers. You're either a fan or you completely hate them. Yeah. I don't think that there is any in between. As far as I thought where you were going with what happens if they miss, like Mark Davis is never, I don't think that this is a family team. They're never going to, he's never going to sell the team. No. He's never, yeah. But I, peop, I think people are going to call for his head and say, okay, it's time for you to go, you know, sell the <laughs> team. Let's get some new. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's a strange thing that I will say with everything that we've seen. I don't think that Mark Davis is going to miss on this one. Oh. Who do you uh, – is? well, listen, I have a name. I want to hear your name first. I, I don't have – like. Oh, I, you don't have a name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't have an idea just off of the first – it's, you know – uh, the first uh, whatever we're in here, what, 16 hours after the announcement. I, I know the obvious name is out there is Jim Harbaugh, but I, I think that to- makes the most sense, Willie, because here's the thing. It's not you're, you're not taking a risk on a college coach um, and we'll see how he does in the pros. You have a track record where like what he did in San Francisco, he doesn't get enough credit for. That team was in the dumps for a while and he brought them back, led them to a Super Bowl in this whole like like in a weird way. And I think the stuff he's getting in trouble for in college no one cares about in the pros but like almost the fact that he's like the bad boy of college football or whatever it helps like i think harbaugh and just like everything about him is perfect perfect for this team um i want to see what antonio pierce does not because i think that um not because i think that he could be the next head coach. So let me just say that. But what I think is what I go back to saying is the effect that he has on the locker room, the same way that Rich Basaccia had an effect on the locker room, if you remember, right? He brought everybody together. Gus Bradley helped him out. Every, everybody who was on staff helped him out, and the players loved him. If, if we see Antonio Pierce come in and bring this locker room together, and let's just say that they – Dare I say that they, with nine games left, that they make a run? I don't know if they're going nine and zero, oh, but let's say they go seven and two for argument's sake. They finish ten and seven, and we're like, "What?" Maybe yeah. Antonio Pierce isn't the answer for his first NFL coaching job, but perhaps now you go find someone like that—a former NFL player. And I know Harbaugh played for a minute, um, and he had success in San Francisco. But you have to again. Talk to your players, and do you want somebody who is recently out of the locker room? You know, Antonio Pierce isn't just bringing uh, a, a res, uh, you know, just a, a coaching resume. Let's not forget where he came from to the Raiders. He just got done coaching under Herm Edwards, a very spirited mind, who at Arizona State, you know. So I think a lot could be said for this interim tenure for Mark Davis to gauge the type of guy they want to bring into the lock. If he closes his mind and just says, let's get through this within an interim coach, and I'm going after Harbaugh, and that's what he's dead set on, I think you have to see what Pierce brings to the sidelines. I agree. And, and you mentioned it. Really. It's always the circus in Vegas. G. Hayes coming to town, so hopefully you guys can connect there. I'll be watching from afar. But, uh, Willie... You're the best. You have your pulse on all things Las Vegas. Look forward to catching up with you in person, my friend. Um, that's all the time we have for today. Until tomorrow, when I'll be talking to Jihei about the Lakers-Clippers game tonight. 
This is a Rashford Cats. You say stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.